one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a very British horror. And it's over to you, Paul, to introduce this evening's film. Why, thank you. It's, um, we're going to be talking about that 1971 Hammer film, Hands of the Ripper, which, despite the title, is not a film about Michael Ripper having a manicure. <laughs> Michael Ripper, sadly, not even in this film. No, he isn't. <laughs> no. But um, I'm really excited about this, Paul. I'll tell you why. Um, because, I, I mean, this is, I'm jumping straight in, right? I was coming back to this after like 20 years. I watched it and I was like, I'm surprised. This is good. Why is this good? <laughs> and, right? So I know that I've got to my opinion very early, <laughs> but, but, but I wanted to explain. But what I didn't understand was why 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 has it got a good script no like not 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 like uh a, a john elder henry younger oh this is just quite fun gothic action horror entertainment but no this has yep. got like a proper script <laughs> and and so and so i looked i i i look it's actually quite hard to to, to work out um the provenance of of, of 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 the idea for this but 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 i actually researched it now i know Right. <laughs> I reckon I know, so I, I want to jump straight in, right? So this film um, was directed by Peter Sazdi. I don't know if that's how you say it, Hungarian yeah. director. I'm going to say Sazdi throughout. I'm going to mispronounce a lot of names, probably, like you. <laughs> Peter Sazdi. Um, that's, that's how I would have pronounced it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was produced by Ada Young. Yeah. And it was... Oh, crikey, I'm going to have to... Um, I'm going to... I'm going to have to refer now back to um, my. Um, it was written, uh, and I haven't quite got to it, but it was written by um, actually a guy called Lewis Davidson, um, yeah. who seems to have been credited with various different deri- deri- derivations of that name so uh, yeah. i think i think he's like lj davidson or something in this but but his, his, yeah. his real name is lewis davidson and and, and um he was uh, an american scriptwriter, but he worked on several of the itc style shows you know okay yeah like so so uh, danger man and the avengers the saint i think things like that right um okay and and and, and has the ripper was also based on an original idea or based on a story by someone called Edward Spencer Shue and, and it's um, his only credit on IMDb so yeah. the only thing he ever did was have this idea so you immediately think oh it's another one of these pseudonyms it's like Ada Young yeah. <laughs> or something like that <laughs> she can't join in with the whole uh, John Elder, Henry Younger thing because her name is actually Young. <laughs> so she has to. <laughs> but, but no, <laughs> no, it's not that, right? So Edward Spencer Shue was um, a court reporter who wrote. Okay. Um, who, who wrote a very famous, at the time, true crime book called A Companion to Murder. I think that was published in about 1960, which was just like, a, well, it's, it's described as an A to Z of notorious killers and sensational trials. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're talking about a true crime expert has had this idea and, and then yeah. it's been, um, it, it, it's, it's been written up as a, a screenplay by a, a competent writer. Um, okay. But h- how did this writer become involved? Well, yeah. Go trawling IMDb um, and various other like easy, readily available in- internet <laughs> information sites, Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> I've, I, I discovered that um, the, the the Danger Man uh, episodes that, that that the writer wrote, Davidson wrote, were yeah. associate produced by Ada Young. Ah, so okay. I I believe that she, my it's, it's my um, I've got no evidence for this, but because there probably is evidence, but, but I haven't found it. Um, <laughs> that, but it's my belief that that 
this is a writer that she knew and trusted and brought on board for the film. Right, um, yeah. And here's another weird thing, right? If you, if you look in the, the, the Danger Man credits um, for that, for the, for the Lewis David episode I was looking at, um, yeah. the uh, casting director was Harry Fine. Okay. And Harry Fine, of course, one half of the um, producing duo Fine and Style, who produced the Karnstein trilogy for Hammer, including yeah. Twins of Evil, which was um, paired up with Hans the Ripper. The, it was yeah. one of those double bills that they used to do back in the day. And, and that was it. It was Hans, of the, uh, Hans yeah. of the Ripper and Twins of Evil. And um, it all seems to come back to Danger Man, which was... Um, yeah. This this great um, early '60s precursor to the Prisoner, starring Patrick McGowan, and and <laughs> no, Peter Sasdy started in with Hammer um, on the TV show Journey to the Unknown. Yeah, um, which I mean, Hammer didn't do a lot of TV shows, but this was their like late '60s one. Uh, and a few of their later directors started on it, and um, it, it was a, like a co- it was co-produced with, with a big American stu- studio, um, which was, I mean, so it was late sixties while, while Hammer was still doing that, and um, in America they they chopped up four uh, well they chopped up eight of the episodes in, in so, so and they made four TV movies. And one of the episodes that for the first of these TV movies, Journey into Darkness, uh, was a Peter Sasty one. And um, they got a presenter, uh, like Americans quite often do, you know, mystery theatre and armchair theatre and things. They got yeah. a presenter to introduce the, um, the episodes. And the presenter yeah. was Patrick McGoon. Ah. <laughs> wow. all, com- all comes back to Danger Man. It does. <laughs> Anyway, I was really excited because because that's actual research, isn't it? That's not just... that is. I mean, I don't think we should call it a day. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> I'm tired now, Paul. I'm tired, but but I just had to say I had to say all all of that. Anyway, shall we? Shall we now resume normal service? Uh, yeah. and please give me a little break Tell, uh, give me a break by telling me what Hands of the Ripper is about okay so basically Hands of the Ripper opens in uh, Whitechapel in East End of London um, there is a, a rather theatrical uh, thing about it being oh no no it's the Ripper or something yeah, along those yeah, lines yeah, and, then, and, then, and then it's Jack the Ripper who is running away from uh, sort of oddly out of place uh, mob of people carrying flaming torches which seems a little out of place <laughs> I think we all, we all remember that's how Jack the Ripper ended up yep yeah so anyway he, 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 <laughs> he basically runs, runs back to his home um, where his wife and daughter are there and um, they, they, he, he sort of closes the curtains and everything and his wife asks about, you know, says, oh, they're, they're after um, Jack the Ripper or something along those lines. And then she notices the blood on his hands and then he turns around and, and in a fit of rage and, and, and murders his wife in full view of his daughter, um, who, who is kind of quite traumatised by it. Um, and and then we go into the into the, the sort of main main part of the film. Yeah, but but importantly, the, 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 yeah, because because the the Ripper um, he, he he stops her from crying, doesn't he? Oh so yes, that's right. Yes, yes, he stops her from crying afterwards by by uh, saying it's basically it's all right and giving her a little kiss on the cheek. Yeah. Exactly, um, and, and one one thing on that that opening line. Oh, it's the Ripper Governor. Um, 
because because I watched this on on the Blu-ray, yeah. and, and you know sometimes the menus have little sequences from the film, and 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 it's actually like the first ten seconds, including that line, and and I had to leave it on for a little bit before I could press play. So so I heard him say that about fifty bloody times. <laughs> it was, oh, governor, it's the Ripper after him, <laughs> or whatever it is. Uh, I, I, I absolutely hate. Uh, DVD and Blu-ray menus that do that. Oh, no. It drives me mad. <laughs> I know. I the, the early days of DVD, that would that would all be listed as one of the special features. Oh yeah, what well, menu access? Yeah, you're right. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, no. So it's a quite an interesting little sequence. Um, in that, I'm not aware that there were ever. Um, great big mobs of people chasing down who they thought was the Ripper. Um, so I don't know that it has any any kind of historical bearing. But oh, I think it probably doesn't. I, I think Spencer yeah. Shoe's uh, great knowledge of true crime <laughs> wasn't utilised for this. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to be fair, the, the Ripper case is just like, I mean, it's one of those things that's never, ever going to get solved, isn't it, really? It's well, indeed. Weird. Did, uh, and um, Hammer hadn't actually tackled it for a long time. I think that like um, from they they did a film called Room to Let, which I really would like yeah. to watch, starring Valentine Dial as the Ripper. But that 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 was well before Curse of Frankenstein, um, and and then. Um, in this year, 1971, I, I, they did it twice, didn't they? Because because there's also a, like a Ripper theme in. Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde, where you know, yeah. in that they throw in a few other, a few, <laughs> they throw yeah. in um, uh, Burke and Hare as well, you know. <laughs> um, but, but, um, so I think Hammer had, had obviously like stumbled across, across some fresh material here. And that, um, that, that opening sequence is not too bad. It's no. obviously it grabs you with, with having Jack yeah. the Ripper in it. And, and, I- Yes. I noticed that Jack the Ripper has lots of sores on his face, and I thought that was a, a sort of strange but interesting little, uh, um, little kind of touch that really doesn't get that so, much attention. So um, I'm going to go further then. Uh, I, I noticed that too, and you also don't really ever see him clearly, do you? No. So it's, it's, it's very, very deliberately sort of obscured. So you see an eye and a sore and stuff, but you never get like a shot of his face you never really know what he he looks like and, and the exact same thing is in the, the film sunshine um like a sci-fi thriller from a yeah. lot later With danny boyle danny boyle yeah starring killian murphy but but the villain in that is played by mark strong yeah. who um is basically treated in a very similar way so so yeah. it's all like burnt and charred from being obsessed with the sun and being really close to it um but you never see his face ever it's it's all obscure it's all it's all, it's all the same so so yeah I, I think maybe danny boyle's a big fan of this film but or, or maybe he inadvertently used the same idea you you, you be the judge Paul. yeah i don't think they're connected at all i just think it's just a uh sort of um it's just a trope isn't it that, that's i'm going to the court of appeal on that one <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, I thought it was interesting. The first thing I thought about the saws <laughs> were they trying to say um, that they, they were like um, that, that were they trying to say that, that Jack the Ripper had herpes? That's what what I, what I thought. Well, it, no, it might be were syphilis, like, oh, might... syphilis, or something like that. Yeah, because I mean, syphilis would make more sense. There, there was a. Um... There was a BBC version of Dracula, wasn't there, where they tried to make it all about syphilis? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I I think it's just a kind of, my personal view, because uh, I, I did think about this, because it was strange, but I think it's um, like an outward representation of how diseased his mind is. Right, okay, yeah. That, that's fair. So, so a- anyway, I think then we get... Um, a title sequence is, is, that, yeah. is it? Uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I think that was a pre-title sequence we had, wasn't it? But yeah. um, 
if it wasn't it should have been um and the title sequence doesn't have christopher lee or peter cushing's names in it so yeah right. that's why probably this film is less well regarded or let maybe not less well regarded but you know less often watched less often thought of because it's not got them they're the big draw aren't they but um yeah. But but then the action switches to uh, 15 years later and um, you've got Dr. Pritchard, yeah. played by Eric Porter um, and, and his son attending a seance. And yeah. um, there's this poor couple and, and they're being exploited by the... Um, by the, the medium and there's also a, another guy there who seems to be like uh, very well to do um, yeah. and and so you, I think his name's Dysart I think that's yeah, right Dysart, that's yeah. right yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, later to be a, a sort of a, some sort of minister or something yeah he's a member of parliament isn't he's a he member of parliament or something yeah um but so so what what but what happens is um, Pritchard more basically exposes the fraud, but subtly. So he he he, yeah. does, he doesn't he doesn't expose it to everyone there. He doesn't upset the grieving um, couple, does he? But but he um, finds this girl in a cupboard who's clearly been doing the funny voices that the, yeah. the, that the medium has been talking to, and the the girl's called Anna, played by uh, an actress, and this is where I mispronounce things again. Angharad Reese, Angharad, Angharad, and Angharad, Angharad. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I mean, uh, <laughs> Welsh. Yes, uh, I know uh, Welsh, and, and also a very um, famous actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this was an early role, but because I think I believe she was twenty-three when she did this. I think it might even be an an introducing job, but. Yeah. Um, Yes, it's subsequently gone on to a, a very notable career. So, <laughs> um, and and yeah, and sadly died, I believe. But after that very great career, this was the start of. Um, and any, anyway, um, Pritchard goes, but and this there's there's uh, I think there's a little interesting interaction between him and his son um, because. His son's waiting for his fiancée to appear. She's obviously been abroad yeah. and he's really excited and, and Pritchard isn't at all excited. In fact, he seems yeah. very unexcited about it, like he disapproves of the whole thing, but it's not actually that. I've got a whole theory about Pritchard, which I'll come to. Um, okay. But he, he sends his... Oh, what's his son called? Sir? His, his son, I can't remember what his son's called. Um, because i tell you why. Pritchard I Jr. I was really distracted by the fact that he was... Sporting an Edgar Allan Poe look. Um, that, his, his, his name's Michael. Yes, it's a kind of have a look. He, he's like he's like he's cosplaying as Edgar Allan Poe. Well, <laughs> and that's all I kept thinking of. He's got the little yeah, but but he's also got is exactly the same as all the pictures of, of Edgar Allan Poe. Do you know I didn't notice that. I just thought it was seventies hair. But now now you've said it, I know exactly what you mean. The Tash, everything. He's a spitting image of Edgar Allan Poe. Absolutely. But but Pritchard sends Michael off in a carriage, because you know, Pritchard Sr.'s name's John. He yeah. he, he sends... Um, and he's waiting for his carriage when there's... Um, well, so meanwhile, it, uh, back in the... Uh, back, back in the psychic's house, uh, Dysart is... Um, reappeared because he's not really interested in <laughs> well he is sort I think he is sort of interested in the um the paranormal stuff actually no he actually genuinely is but 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 he's also interested, he's interested in, in, in Anna yeah. because 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 uh and it turns out Anna's an orphan that she's been taken in by um the, the, this this fraud but she's not just like a fraud she's also a madam isn't she <laughs> or a pimp <laughs> yeah. because essentially Dysart's paid money in order to spend some you know quality intimate time with yeah Anna. And, and it and it crops up that that part of that deal is that he, she's promised him a, a virgin interestingly enough so that again makes that even seedier <laughs> it's not because he's done it deliberately for that <laughs> 
that yeah. reason. But he he's bought her a, like a shiny piece of jewelry as a gift, which kind of mesmerizes her. And, yeah. And um, but he just like freaked out. He just gets angry. He thinks he's being ripped off, and he, he's obviously some uh, like hideous. Well, he's got he, uh, he it's in the characters are more complicated than normal in um, in, in this film. So 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 yeah. he, I mean, what he's doing here is really awful. But um, um, but but then subsequently he's. So subsequently, you see the other sides of him. Uh, but anyway, he just gets upset, and and um, I keep calling her the psychic. It's um, it's is it it's Mrs. Golding played Mrs. by Golding. Do- by Dora, Dora Bryan, yeah, um, who's a bit of a kind of um, bit of a British acting legend, isn't she? In a way, yes, the kind of British acting legend I'm not terribly <laughs> interested in. If I'm brutally honest, but you're right, you're right. Yeah. She is, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> her non-appearance in many of the films I like is the reason I'm a bit down on her. But no, she's fine in this. She's good in this um, because actually, she's she's right. Her downfall is not that she's a fraud, and it's no. not that she's a pimp. Her downfall is caused by um, a bit of human kindness because, because yes. she actually tries to protect. Anna, because she 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 oh well, she 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 obviously thinks that something non consensual is going to happen, yeah. <laughs> and she she's not putting up with that, uh, and she gives Dysart his money back, uh, and then um, she kisses. Uh, well, she's trying to comfort Anna, thinking yeah. that she's upset, although she's more just in a trance. But um, she kisses her on the cheek, and and of course it's that that's the trigger for Anna to go psycho <laughs> so, so um she I mean I don't, we don't actually I don't think we actually see the first murder committed but um there no. are there are screams Dice runs out Pritchard sees him and, and then Pritchard goes up and and uh, uh Dora Bryan's been impaled to the door isn't she by some point so what, what, yeah so so yeah I thought that was that was um yeah it's a poker or something isn't it yeah yeah, but yeah, no, what, what I thought was a bit weird about this scene is obviously Dice Heart then comes out and and um Pritchard's sort of um is 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 still outside baffing around. So he must have been out there for a little while just just sort of hanging about. Yeah, the mechanics of it aren't great, are they? Yeah. I mean, it, they do explain it, but yeah, yeah. So, so a boy's gone off to find him a carriage, and obviously hasn't managed to. Yeah. Um. So that's why he's still there. But um, he goes up. He, uh, uh, like like we said, and and um, that then the next scene is him at the police station, where he um, he essentially clears Dice up after yeah. some. Uh, after some tension say oh no it wasn't him it wasn't him that i saw it was someone else and and then um he i have to point out this this this, for for kind of a a schlocky kind of hammer horror type film there is actually in that police station bit that bit you're talking about where he covers for dice heart there's a bit where they actually kind of they sort of stare at each other a bit and it goes backwards and forwards and I thought that was really well done and really well acted. Well, I think you're absolutely right. And I think when you say schlocky, I think you're characterising what people's view of this film might be, <laughs> well, yeah. not what this yeah. film actually is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then after Dysart is you know, he's super relieved to be cleared when he knows he's well, he didn't do it, but he he knows yeah. he was in trouble. He knows that the scandal was going to put his career at risk. Um, but yeah. then Pritchard goes down to the prison, uh, and then he basically takes Anna on as a ward. Yeah, uh, just just says like you, you're coming to live with me. You're not going to stay because all the the, the the other prison cell are like Victorian prostitutes like massive well they are exactly that they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're stereotypes of Victorian prostitutes yeah <laughs> so. um, I thought this was quite interesting because I thought at this point this is clearly kind of uh, heading into a kind of murderous Pygmalion 
territory and it it does sort of do that for a, a tiny bit longer and then it kind of becomes something a little bit different but for a minute yeah i was thinking yeah this is that exactly <laughs> that sort of pygmalion <laughs> plot <laughs> it, yeah yeah really it really is i, I was thinking of of um yeah. i'm not as cultured as you paul so i was thinking <laughs> not my fair lady but yes <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right <laughs> um so you were just thinking they were gonna end up bursting into song or something <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but 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 that's what happens he, t- he takes her home doesn't he and, and, and says i'll get her in a fine yeah. dress we're going to a ball or something doesn't he i mean <laughs> And and the maid the, the the maid Dolly I think her name's Dolly my yeah, Dolly yeah um it was really friendly and chatty and all no miss and 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 helping her to get in her into a dress which is um so Pritchard gives Anna his late wife's room and it's her, her, it's his late wife's dress and, and I think he gives her some jewelry which is his late wife's so so and that. Is kind of like is is it Pygmalion or is it kind of like Pretty Woman? You know, <laughs> is it kind of <laughs> is the, the the whole thing? Like, like, what is his motivation? Because she's, <laughs> you, 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 I'm I'm more sort of like surprised that that he's he's a, allowed to do it. In, in, I think in, in in a way it's like, oh yeah, that 18 year old girl, she can come and live with me as <laughs> my ward. <laughs> that's fine as an but, officer. But he, oh yes, of course, that's completely fine, sir. <laughs> he gets the impression, he gets the impression though, that because because well, he's a, he's a he's a sort of psychoanalyst, sort of psychiatrist, doctor, isn't he? Well, so so um, I think if we get to that, because dice, there's a conversation with Dysart because Dysart's like, well, why did you bail me out? And, yeah. and, and then um, Pritchard's like, well, it was either you that did it or or her that did it, and it's like he knows it's her and he, he yeah. wants to study her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I just think, well, that's insanely dangerous. He goes on about, Oh, people don't understand murderers. They just string them up. We should study them. And, and he wants Dysart to help by looking into yeah. her background. And, and, but, but I mean, it, it's insanely dangerous. Yeah. Absolutely, totally, ridiculously, irresponsibly dangerous. Right. Because um, he's taking this, he knows she's a killer he just wants to find out why and uh, and okay you might care about himself but but you know he's got um his his son his future daughter-in-law living with them because we meet the daughter-in-law she's a blind uh she's a blind girl called is it laura Uh, yeah yeah. um but so, so and she's obviously painted very sort of like positive um like uh, very sympathetic character and, and obviously michael's sympathetic as well so they're the juvenile leads and they're the nice ones and, and pritchard's put them massively in danger yeah uh, <laughs> i didn't really kind of i didn't really get i know i know you don't there doesn't need to be a reason but i didn't really get why that character was blind what that kind of added to anything so i was sort of thinking that as it went along there was there would be some significance in that and i'm not entirely sure that there there is well um i think that that's good in in, in, a, in a way i don't think you should have yeah, a special yeah, no, I know, reason but, but generally in, generally in films and things like that that that's the uh that's sort of how how something like that works isn't it well, you th- think, yeah, you, like like it, it, it would be a, like a Hitchcockian thriller, and you'd use it as a device yeah. to amplify the tension. But but it isn't particularly done for that, uh, which which I I think is a good creative decision. I think <laughs> you, you you know uh, why not? It's I think I think, but I do think it it makes her. Um, I, I don't know that she's got like a physical uh, impairment. Um, yeah. I think it, it, it kind of like it, it invites audience sympathy in a way, which is actually, which is helpful for the predicament she ends up in. So, uh, but, but, but also, um, also 
because she's so positive and sympathetic, what could Pritchard possibly have against her? Why does he seem like reluctant and, and not at all keen? Yeah. And here is here is my theory to the whole okay. reason Pritchard behaves like he does, right? I think obviously he's grieving after his wife's death, probably much earlier. It's probably a, a long-term thing, but, but also um, probably the one thing the, the, the his one kind of um, joy in, in the world, I, I suspect is what is uh, his son and his son's going away. So, so right, okay. he's like, like Michael's marriage means that they're going away and that he'll be al- alone in a, in a house with, with and I think because of that, I think that explains why he seems not particularly taken with with um, with, with Laura, but also it explains yeah. why he invites a serial killer into their home. Because <laughs> you know he's an intelligent man, like you say, a student of Freud. Yeah. He, 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 I mean, and if he if he doesn't know how super dangerous she is. Um, he finds out that night <laughs> because, <laughs> because because unfortunately um, uh, Dolly, who's becoming fast friends with Anna, um, yeah. kisses her on the cheek, and she yeah. goes super mad. Well, she she goes into this trance and kills her. I forget how exactly she, she does smashes, it. She smashes the hand oh, yeah. mirror yeah. that she's yeah. got the mirror, which, yeah, which. Uh, rather sort of coincidentally just happens to be smashed in the shape of a knife with the shard of glass yeah and then stabs her with the shard of glass yeah um and so, so then we get this uh the pygmalion slash my fair lady scene at the ball <laughs> uh, but um Dr. Pritchard that. gets lucky. Uh, not lucky. He doesn't get lucky. That's a bit different <laughs> That's film. Yeah. He, he gets worried and he comes back early and, and he finds um, Anna in a trance and Dolly been murdered. And yeah. basically, then he covers it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, absolutely, um, totally irresponsible thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, but his character is still quite i don't know still quite likable and sympathetic almost despite the fact that yeah he, he covers this murder up like yeah because he, he's driven by a genuine passion for, for to, to discover to, to solve this mystery but also um he has no regard at all for his own personal safety. He's absolutely, no. ab- 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 absolutely none. So, because um, he's almost like, um, you could say this kind of, this driven for science thing is just like a version of uh, Baron Frankenstein, but, yeah. but it's, it's not, I mean, Baron, he's not like that. I mean, it's, no. it, 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 it's, it's, it, it is kind of medical curiosity but it's kind of, i think it's an urge to to investigate to solve the mystery to 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 help it's not it's 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 not like a sort of um lust for the acclaim being the person to reanimate a corpse and apparently that makes that like baron frankenstein thinks would make him internationally renowned <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, so, and of course what we've got is um, a, a really uh, sophisticated performance by er- Eric Porter so yeah. er- Eric Porter um, was a TV star so he was yeah. the main character in the Foresight saga which I don't think anyone has watched for years and years and years, but was very big in in 1967, I think, around about there. Can I tell you, like, uh, briefly, like a, a weird... See, at the beginning, you had your Danger Man. Yeah, go for it. Weird yeah, yeah. connection thing. Yeah. There's also another kind of odd connection with this, in that Eric Porter played um, Moriarty. Yeah, in, indeed. In the... Uh, indeed. Jeremy Brett. Jeremy Brett, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, well, story, because he's only in, well, he's in two 
stories. Yeah. Um, and apparently the, the, the rather nice uh, Victorian street set was uh, the Baker Street set at Pinewood Studios, which was left over from the private life of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah, yeah, Sherlock Holmes. And even better, Laura is played by an actress called Jane Merrow, who who was in a lot of dodgy American TV in in, in the eighties. But in the the the, ne- the very next year, she appears in a, a probably what is quite a crappy version of Hound of the Baskervilles, that uh, was a TV movie, American TV movie with Stuart Granger as <laughs> um, as Sherlock Holmes, um, and she she plays a Beryl Stapleton in that. So, oh right, yeah, okay, and, 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 and William Shatner's also in that as well. I found out. So, uh, <laughs> well, that sounds brilliant. How, how can you <laughs> say that? That sounds, that sounds brilliant. <laughs> anyway. It doesn't get it doesn't get good reviews, but yeah, William Shatner is George Stapleton in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really desperate to see. You've got, got to track it down now. So there you go. There's like a weird Sherlock Holmes connection. To well, it. there's there's more than that because. Then, um, go on. Peter Sasdy directed an episode of. Uh, apparently, there's a strange, like Anglo-Polish uh, show. I think made at the end of the 70s called Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson, uh, starring okay. Jeffrey Whitehead as Holmes. I think. Um, okay. But Peter Sasdy directed an episode of that. But even more notably, at <laughs> like the end of his career, um, yeah. he directed something called Sherlock Holmes and the Leading Lady, which. Oh, of course. Which, which was a, uh, like a three-hour miniseries yeah. thing, one of two, which starred uh, Christopher Lee as Sherlock yeah, Holmes. Of course. <laughs> is, that the one, is that the one with Patrick McNee as the, Yeah, yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, absolutely. The Sherlock Holmes connection is rife, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> um, but with, with the casting of Eric Porter, yeah. so I assumed like i think i always assume with a hammer film that doesn't star um christopher lee or peter cushing that it was written to, for them and they turned it down and weren't available or whatever yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. Um, but it, apparently that isn't true in this case apparently uh, peter sasty wanted eric, eric porter and basically insisted and that's why they got they got him so it was not a case of christopher lee wouldn't do it i think it's a good choice I think I think he's actually very good. He is really good, and I think this is also the second and final time Hammer used him as the lead actor. And the first was a very strange film called The Lost Continent. Um, right, yeah, which I have seen years ago. But all I remember about it is it, it kind of it stars itself as uh, like a um, you know. Um, it's a land like a Doug McCurr type film where yeah, where, land of time forgot. Yeah, of land of time forgot, forgot something yeah. like that. But in actual fact, I think they spend two thirds of the film on a bloody boat, and they only get to the lost continent of about the hour mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, and by that time, you're so bored. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really strange film, but um, but yeah, but. And I don't remember anything good or bad about him in that, but I, but this now this is this is this is a, a really subtle uh, and yeah quite sympathetic nuanced performance and um, a real change from from the kind of performances you might expect in a Hammer film. Not I'm saying that Lee and Cushing are bad because they're obviously brilliant, but it's yeah. it's. Di- it's different kind of role and it's a different kind of performance and it's still really really yeah. good it's for, for other reasons anyway um i'm talking about nuance and subtlety but we are we do have a bit of a sequence <laughs> of just grisly murders yeah <laughs> what, what got me about a lot of these murders is that they're they're far gorier than anything i seem to remember being in hammer yeah but that's this is because early 70s yeah i think hammer was pushing that. boundaries and uh, but there were there were cuts made to the us version for that reason because right. um but the, the, there's i i can't even remember the order the murders are in but um the, 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 there's um 
kind of a, a lesbian prostitute played by Linda Barron, who uh, takes yep. Anna in and shows her some affection with particular predictable results does she get like a, a load of knitting needles in her needles, eye or something yeah in her, in her eye yeah that's yeah it. oh that's pretty nasty and they, and they do they do do a bit where she runs through she's running through the street uh, uh and and the, the the same seemingly the same mob from the pre-credit <laughs> very likely <laughs> hanging around waiting for someone to lynch <laughs> and she comes out with her hand over her eye with these knitting needles through her hand and, and I look at it and think, yeah, obviously she's they're, they're they're attached between her fingers and she's holding them in place. And then she moves her hand in the next shot, and and you actually just see all of them stuck in her eye, which is really grim. It it it, it is not it is nasty, and it's a shame because I mean Lin, Linda Barron Linda Barron is great, and oh, she's brilliant in everything she does. And she really is. And, I and, I love her in open all hours, <laughs> really do. And she just kind of it just that whole scene kind of lights up it's kind of really mm. um i don't know it's just it just it's just because the 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 overall kind of um atmosphere of this film is quite sort of um quite sort of uh gloomy <laughs> and she her sequence is is quite sort of is kind of like a little bright light in the middle of all the gloom yeah uh, uh, Interestingly, yeah. apparently her character in this is called Long Liz. Yes. Which was apparently one of the, the nicknames of the prostitutes killed by the actual Ripper. Yes, 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 yes you're absolutely correct. Um, I, I think that, I'm not really sure why that was done, I guess, to, I guess to, link it more, to link it more to the Ripper murders, but it's... I mean, maybe it's just a there, grim a thing to do. That's a, it's a real person. <laughs> But yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe it was just a, a little nod to those. Yeah. Um, yeah. The actual Ripper case. I mean, it doesn't make any actual sense for for that to have been that actual character because obviously, you know, she would have been dead. But yeah. Well, obviously, obviously, like fifteen years previously. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Uh, and the next murder, or the previous one, this is where it gets a bit, a bit hazy, is another psychic because Dysart says, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, "I'll expose you unless you take her to this other psychic." And, and so this is like a this is a the royal psychic, a bit more of a um, well-to-do one. Uh, but and, and oh, she she's seems actually good. And she's she seems to be an actual psychic. Yeah, because <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, you're possessed by Jack the Ripper. <laughs> yeah. But but then she makes the fatal mistake of of going, oh you poor dear, I'll just kiss you on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 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 so, and then Anna obviously immediately murders murders um, yeah. another person and, and right in front of Pritchard, who's just who just like looks out the door to see if anyone's coming and it just leads her away. It's like, right, you're a bit of an accessory now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and this is where, like, because um, Dysart, who's, who's been, like, a really negative, uh, like, like evil character, but yeah. he, he's more like, um, I've got to do my civic duty. I've got to give you in. There's this, there's this murderer and you're harboring her. And it's just like, well, actually, he's now saying he's doing the decent thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, this is what. But then you mentioned it earlier that, that that's one of the good things about this film is it, it it's, um, it's quite, uh, it's quite vague in a lot of, um, well, the characters that they, they, there's lots of, yeah, shades of grey in, in every in other characters. Every other film like this, he would be nailed on, guaranteed to be a victim. Yeah, absolutely. And I, <laughs> I, I, kept, I kept thinking, because again, like you, I hadn't seen this film for like twenty <laughs> odd years, perhaps even longer. But yeah, I was, I was sort of thinking, yeah, when's when's he going to get his comeuppance and be bumped off? And and of course he doesn't, because he kind of, he he sort of has a. a a better side to him yeah in the I, same I, way that Pritchard has has the kind of the kind of uh 
psychopathic side the darker side yeah absolutely so uh, yeah and it is so nice to watch a film that's that's, that looks like a hammer film feels like a hammer film but it's actually complicated it's actually got got three-dimensional characters (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's such a relief (laughs) um um, i'm not you know you know i love the other style of hammer films but but it was getting very tired by the early 70s to do to to do it that way it's, so it's nice to see something like this and um uh, yeah so and then um there's a whole uh there's a whole thing where um for it's a contrivance anna's still in a trance go goes off with michael and laura to um St. paul's cathedral for yeah. some reason they just want to see the cathedral. do they don't want to go up the, well, see the whispering so. gallery or something yeah uh, and um, uh, <laughs> little real well, they they don't realise they think Anna's nice, but she is, yeah. but she's also like a psychopath. But but <laughs> but and indeed, because immediately bef- be- be- she she's in the trance because um, unfortunately um, Pritchard still none the wiser as to why the murders happen um has got felt really sorry for anna and kissed her on the cheek and of yes. course and, and anna's just run her through with the sword run him through with the sword or something hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, but but he he manages he though really very uh badly injured he go, he, he, he 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 um he goes off gets Michael's at his club. Says well, he, gets, he does that horrible. He does that horrible thing where he removes the sword. Yeah, by, by hooking the handle of the sword over the handle of the door, and then pushing himself backwards off it. That is which, really nasty. Which isn't would, it? which would, in all honesty, completely knacker him up even more. Um, if, if that was, you know, if you did that in reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very true. But he, he does manage to get to the base of St. Paul's Cathedral, um, yeah. where um, essentially Anna is trying to throttle Laura up at the top. Um, yeah. And, and um, oh, Michael runs up the steps, and we've already established there are lots of steps. Um, and, and, and then um, Pritchard, who knows he's dying, tries to... Um, lure uh, Anna to just jump off the balcony and kill herself as well which she does um, and then, so um, Did you uh, think he was actually trying to do that or did you think he was just trying to get her to come down? No, I, yes I think he was trying to do that I think he knows she's doomed right because uh, if, okay. she, if she, she doesn't do that she's going to get hanged yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, and the way he beckons her, I don't. He's not pointing. Come down the stairs. Let's let's let's, let's take me to a hospital. I think he he's like. I I, yeah. I think it's more of a kind of like um, let's both die here together kind of thing. Okay. And that's so. So you, you said about the zom- the somber tone because that's yeah. obviously and that and she does jump off and then it ends her um uh her, <laughs> her killing spree and and. Then, then the, the basically, um, Laura and Michael are okay. Laura doesn't die, uh, but you know, Pritch Pritch is clearly expiring, and, and Anna has expired. The fool's killed her. There's, there's, there's some good um, dummy action on that that I thought was actually reasonably well done. Well, I tell you what, it's so well done that um, uh, you, you look at it thinking. This, did they? Is this really St Paul's Cathedral? Did they? Did they? Were they allowed? Apparently, they did ask, but were told no. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, so it's actually um, like sets and photos. So, yeah. so it's 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 it's, like, it's it's quite cleverly like chroma key or something. So it it looks pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Um, and that's essentially the end. And basically, Pritchard though he got. It was the only way it was ever going to end. Yeah. Um, but and he's he he. he oh, I'm sorry. I don't know how to articulate this, right? So, so he he does find out that the the killings are triggered by the kiss on the cheek. But yeah. 
he thinks it's the explanation that the psychic, the second psychic gave him, which is that she, whenever that happens, she's possessed by the spirit of yeah. Jack the Ripper. Um, but And he generally he dies believing that that's the solution. Yeah. But I'm not convinced. I, I think that the actual point of the film is is not that I, th- I think that i think that it's not a supernatural thing i, I think she's been hideously um uh, affected by the uh, trauma in her childhood and and <laughs> you know i mean i'm she generally does hear the voice of her father and relive that moment mm. but but I, I don't think it's his ghost possessing her i think it's uh mental illness of an extreme kind it's a it's i i i wondered that as well because i i think i think actually it's really nice to have um i mean yeah she's had a really traumatic life you know and even with this with the 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 psychic woman at the beginning she's um she's you know being used by that by her but for you know mm. those means so she's i don't think she's had a she's not i you don't get the impression she's doing that willingly necessarily but or that she likes doing it so she's generally had a horrible life and upbringing and i think that i think the film does a really good job of of making that ambiguous absolutely then can you think could is she possessed or is is this a, a thing and then i think it kind of um blows it a little bit with the with the strangling scene in St Paul's Cathedral because uh, there's a there's a bit where she she definitely starts hearing the Ripper's voice and then they do that weird bit where she sort of briefly turns into him and and, and you can either take that literally or you can kind of it, it, it still is ambiguous I suppose but you can, you can take it a bit but you can also take that literally and and go, yeah, she was obviously possessed by him. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think the possessing bit makes no sense given what actually happened, because because he didn't he didn't um, you know the Ripper didn't die in front of her. She saw something quite traumatic, um, and actually, what, the other thing that's really good about this film is it it it, it almost it almost starts to say something about, I don't know, nature, nurture, um, yeah, mental illness, uh, uh, and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, but don't know that it actually ever properly kind of gets to what it's trying to say, but it, it, there's something there and it's, it's trying and that's more than most, most Hammer films do. Well, well I, think, I think that's ultimately right. Um, yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate actually that this was the last Hammer movie um, directed by Sassy, produced by Ada Young, uh, yeah. starring Eric Porter. So <laughs> it, it was it was like they were onto something good, and then yeah. this was this was it. I mean. I think people think of Twins of Evil as the more important film and the Double Bill and. You know, some some ways, I, I think they're right, but and that's a good film. But I, it's, I I think I have a theory. I think Twins of Evil is quite re- regressive. I think it's kind of um, Hammer playing it safe in quite a few different yeah. ways, and 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 probably um, going down by what was then a blind alley. Whereas I think uh, Hands the Ripper is a much more early seventies contemporary good like and it's much more of a kind of um a sustainable creative direction for them and i think it's a shame i think it's a shame they didn't go do more of that yeah i think so i think almost like you you could you could have had exactly the same sort of film but have it set uh in in sort of like the contemporary time so and, and not have it set in in the sort of edwardian era where where it's set yeah and I, I, think think, that's... I think maybe it, that that could have then gained a bit more sort of traction into becoming a thing i think it's still 
I, I mean, I like I like that whole kind of Victorian Edwardian trapping stuff, and I like all of that. But it, it's still kind of clinging on to the Gothic a little bit. Maybe it could have uh, done better if it if it had been a more contemporary thriller. Because I think the problem with this is I think people will have gone to see this expecting one thing and, and they probably get a little bit of the gore and stuff for the last 20 minutes where there's all the other murders but the the rest of the time it, it's it's a little bit more thoughtful and i can imagine people going to see it and be a bit disappointed and thinking why well, what's this all about maybe and then maybe just watch into of evil and then seeing twins this. of evil and going yay <laughs> being a bit of a bastard in it <laughs> those vampires <Ray. laughs> yeah. um, and, and but by the way i should say because just for completeness that that peter sasdy did in fact direct three episodes of hammer house of horror and three episodes of hammer house of mystery and suspense so yeah. he he did return to hammer but that 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 Obviously, it's a completely different thing, and, and yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, certainly no continuation of um, any anything started by Hands of the Ripper or indeed um, his yeah. previous movie, Countess Dracula. We should do a uh, an episode of um, Hammer House of Horrors. I think it would probably be the Silent Scream, wouldn't it? It would be, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm sure we will one day. I'm sure we will. <laughs> um okay um i i've got a like end point to shock you with paul okay. like really shock you but i i, I want it, i want it to be the end because you'll be so speechless after it that you won't be able to say anything anyway but um, you're gonna tell me you're possessed by by the ripper no no it's possibly even more devastating but oh, how have you said everything you want to say before i get to this um yes okay here we go Watching this film made me want to rewatch Demons of the Mind. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but the, the, the thing is, it's been an equally long time since we watched Demons of the Mind. And I know, you know, we both thought it was rubbish. <laughs> I didn't really know what it was about. Maybe it's actually really clever and interesting. And, you know, we just weren't ready for that because we were, the, we, we just wanted, you know, um, uh, Frankenstein must be destroyed again. <laughs> so, mate. I, I, yeah, I think, I think <laughs> I've been willing to give that another watch because, because I think, I think probably we probably last watched this film and Demons of the Mind probably at roughly the same time. Yeah, I'd imagine, wouldn't we? Well, yeah, it would have uh, been. It would have been the, like, like during our first wave of enthusiasm for yeah, the Hammer we, movies. We would have, we would have uh, which was early nineties, wasn't it? Or maybe slightly yeah. earlier, even. So, yeah, late eighties, yeah, early nineties. Yeah, that sort of end of secondary school. Family. I'm saying twenty years, but I mean thirty years. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's not depress ourselves um, by. <laughs> So anyway, so uh, <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, so we haven't watched. I think we probably watched them at the same time. And I would say that this film, I know that we probably both were a bit meh about this when we first watched it, and I liked it a lot more watching it again now. Yeah, because the, the first time. Um... I would have wanted Cushing or Lee and I would have wanted Frankenstein or Dracula <laughs> and I didn't get yeah. anything from, from, from this. I didn't even get Jack the Bloody Ripper, really. Not really. <laughs> but, no. but, but I don't remember, I don't remember disliking it, but I don't remember, um, I, I don't remember sure. thinking think much that, of it. But now it, it's one of my favourites. I think it had got to that point where I was a bit, yeah, I, I probably, we'd probably watched quite a lot of the, the, the Hammer films and, and other similar sort of things. And I think that perhaps we, well, I certainly, by the time I watched this, was a bit <sighs> about about them and, and thought, you know, because they're obviously, a lot of them are obviously of a uh, particular formula, but this was just, I think I was just a bit, bit formulaed out and this just was a bit boring and a bit... Yeah, well, maybe. But I think that formula yeah. was the, um, the, the John Elder you know, Antti Hines yeah. formula, wasn't exactly. it? <laughs> yeah. which, which is which is his pastiche of the um, 
of the Jimmy Sangster scripts, really. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 <laughs> Just, yeah. You know, I think you're right. Anyway, anyway, I think we've made our points. I think we've made our points. I think if anyone has anything else to say on Hands of the Ripper, it's their turn. So how could they get in touch with us to do that? Oh, very good. Um, they can get in touch uh, via Facebook, where we're a very British horror, if you search for that. Or on Twitter, where we're at very Brit horror, or they can email us at a very British horror at gmail.com. Yes, absolutely. But don't kiss us on the cheek because you do not know what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, I've been Chris Denton. And I'm still Paul Monk. Good night. Bye. <laughs>